0: What's up world, how we doing, how we living, Undeniable Perception, episode 149, brother from the same mother. Man, 149 baby, I like it. Man, I'm still a little sad from the the Buffalo Bills debacle. Why did you guys use uh, Ken Dorsey as a scapegoat versus McDermott? Because I feel like McDermott's the issue. Because shit's unfair, man. Cause it is unfair like y'all gonna pick on a hurricane didn't the didn't the bills last year have the best offense and josh allen had one of the fucking greatest ratios ever like with tattoo tattoos touchdowns well yeah he's leading the league in interceptions but last year motherfucker threw a lot of touchdowns
1: yeah he did but he also let the league in interceptions but honestly man who's throwing the ball
0: Josh Allen, but one of them, Do wasn't I mean, it like a drop ball, like homeboy always, dropped it and then the guy picked it? It's like, that's not Ken well, Dorsey's I'm just, fault. Well, I'm just getting...
1: Well, that's what my point is. That's yeah. so what I'm just getting back at that, man. Ken Dorsey don't throw the ball. Yeah. I right? like Ken
0: Dorsey, man. You
1: know, and it's like one of those things where... And I've seen some metrics that they've been showing where like the bills are actually been extremely good and, and most of their metrics and other ones. But you know, like I remember my philosophy teacher said, there's liars, damn liars, and there's statistics. Because who knows... Uh, how much of those percentages go up because of the individual play of the player, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know how it is in football, man, in any sports team, but especially in football because there's so many what position no coaches, and offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, and all that other stuff. Well, there's one of each on those, but meaning like they're going to cut out the head of one. Yeah. Because they're not going to get rid of Josh Allen. They're going to give him that fat contract.
0: They like let into it because they've been focusing on Ken Dorsey. Like ever since he slammed like... The iPad or what was it, is, Daddy Slam? Was it last year when he did last that? Last year, yeah. Every time. they, I've noticed they've been showing him every And game. everyone has a different
1: take on it. Some people were like, oh, man, that means he's not in complete control. And other people are like, no, he's got passion. He loves it. Yeah. But they've always used that. Like, say they would have gone on a completely, like, positive scale. Let's say they won the Super Bowl last year. Then there would have been a different story, right? Yeah, absolutely.
0: About that. Absolutely.
1: But, yeah, man, And then all, and now, obviously that's Sean McDermott's decision, right? Probably came from upstairs, but he's the one that... Fired the it's offensive coordinator.
0: Yeah, it was him, McDermott or Dorsey. Fired Dorsey. I would have did the same shit. So, man, so I've been, and the Bills just look awful, dude.
1: And, and the, one of the things, man, I do like watching, like, the post conferences and watching different, like, sports analysts and everything after we lost. More so than a win. Because I just like to see, well, what is their take on it? Why are they messing up on this? And mm-hmm. a lot of people have, like, a lot of similar takes and all this other stuff. But man, come on, the Bills haven't scored more than twenty points, dude, Mm.
0: in the last five games. That's funny,
1: bro. So obviously the easy scapegoat is Ken Dorsey, but dude, the reality is Josh Allen just fucking up. Yeah, 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 he's the one throwing interception, bro. And I think that sucks. Is like maybe that is who he is.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: You know, Um, I don't know. Nah,
0: he's good. He's a really good. He's led the league in interception the last four years. I'm gonna say he's not good. I love Josh Allen. Yeah, last year Dak had more. Oh, did he really? I guess. Well, I guess is he just in the last three years he has more. They always gotta like make the stats right. Because if like after six p.m. Easter, but after three years, but it's like he just. I mean, he throws a lot of
1: picks, a lot of bad decisions. You know, like I get it when it comes out players' fingers or whatever, but. We all know he just throws a lot, right. and then we're gonna see what happens, man. But hey, it is what it is, man. It's trivial. It's just a sports exactly. game. I don't let it. I don't let get it. used to it. That's I, your exaggerate, I exaggerate when I said I'm sad about it. I was just like, oh no, but I'm the, sure Ken Dorsey will land on his feet. Yeah,
0: the best post conference though was Marshawn Lynch. We're only here to not get fined. You know why I'm here?
1: Yeah, that's the guy I
0: fuck with. But I got my Marshawn Lynch on, bro. We uh, we handed out turkeys in our community, <laughs> so it was dope, bro. I had a had a volunteer event with my team today, and we went to to Rialto to hand out turkeys to the people, bro. Oh, that's so that nice. I've man. always wanted to fucking do that, dog. Dude, that's really good, so it was man. really fucking cool just handing it, like, to different families that are in need of it. And it was cool. They had, like, turkeys left over. They're like, do you guys want to take one? And and I'm like, nah, I'm pescatarian. And then my other homie, he, was, he had it. And then after, we were going to go to the bar and, like, just have a celebratory beer. And then he was like I was like, bro, you're gonna take you're gonna take that turkey with you everywhere. It's gonna like defrost. And he's like, Yeah, you know what? You're right. I'm just gonna leave it here. And I was like, all right, cool. Uh, I was like, I don't want For the around more no people, turkey. For right. the more
1: people in need, right?
0: Absolutely. So it was really cool because that's something that I've always wanted to do, especially especially now that I have children. So it's gonna be a good way to show them how grateful you need to be, right? So when they're a little older, I do wanna like go to a place where you like. Feed people. Like, I've always wanted to do that. I think that's, dude, I think that's the right thing, man. I haven't
1: volunteered in a while, man. And, and it is kind of embarrassing that I've only done it through work. But that's a good portal of doing it. Because there's so many people that need volunteers, you know. I, yeah. got, I just really have to, uh, you know, be, be true to my word and really look at stuff to volunteer. Because I used to volunteer a lot more. Whether it's through work or whether it's just on my own. Because people always need someone, man. Whether it's like yeah. an old people's home, just to visit them or distribute food like that, etc. So that's a good thing, man. You guys did that, man, because yeah, it's, it it's cool, giving man. back. And I really have to. And I do want to start doing that, man, because I do have time. Yeah, you know, you got to just yeah. make it happen.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, man, it was really rewarding. Feels very rewarding, man, to give.
1: Hell yeah, man! Mm-hmm. Glad to hear, man. And it was a so so was a good. Uh,
0: yeah, it was cool, man. Good turnout. Fucking rain came down. And it was cool, man, because I was like, man, why is everyone running? Like, um, I have my childlike spirit, like, in tune. Like, I like this rain. And then, like, when it was time to depart, to leave, that motherfucker came down, pouring. And then once my boy started running, I was like, all right, I got to run, too, because that shit came cold. Spoke too soon, man. Spoke too soon. Yeah, yeah. It it fucking judged me. Yeah, I fucking spoke into existence. My whole pants were drenched, bro. But it was cool, man, playing in the rain. I felt like fucking awkward orange
1: oh hell yeah man <laughs> uh speaking of uh
0: rain and water man how was a uh, sieg's uh, second uh, swimming lesson He did great man so it's cool man like it makes me realize how important it is to be redirected or how important it is to to be guided at the moment because like as a parent we always like get at, give advice like hey stop doing that but we don't give them like the reason behind it or we don't give them the the roadmap to get there, right? So, so it was really cool because I knew my, my son had a bad experience the last time because he felt like he was gonna drown, but like the lifeguard was there, or the instructor was right there immediately to help him out. So he already had that in his mind, like, fuck, every time I'm gonna swim, this is gonna happen to me. So Mercy and I already prepared ourselves mentally, like, all right, he's gonna give us pushback as soon as we get there, he's gonna be crying, uh, excessively when we get there so we gotta make sure that we respond properly so I just held my daughter and like my wife is just more soothing to Zeke right they, they have a better connection because it's mom's son you can't explain that connection bro it's way different and he was crying and for like five minutes he didn't want to go in the water and then slowly but surely we kept saying look there's kids in the water you could do this you're amazing and then just by being soothing and not feeding the fearful part of what he's already, like, feeling, it helped him ease. Yeah, definitely. So after, like, seven minutes of just repetition of being calm and being proactive versus reactive, he saw his mommy and daddy not being fearful to the way he was being fearful, so he knew, all right, mommy and daddy aren't going to put me in a position where I'm going to fail. So that helped him. Get that confidence. And then, mother, f- that dude did so fucking great. I was Hell so yeah, proud man. of him. So he was
1: swimming a little bit. Like yeah, in he the was, middle. like,
0: listening to the instructor. The instructor was holding him. So he was just kicking with his feet and then, like, doing, I forgot what he called it, but where you put both your hands together and you dive forward. So my son was doing that. And after, we went home just to rest a little bit, change him. And then we went to the barbershop to give him his first haircut. So I already thought to myself, all right. Let me go first so he could see me. So he was, like, eyeing me the whole time. Like, what's dad doing? Like, what the fuck? What is this shit? And then I was like, Zeke. Like, I called him at the he corner. Was, he was seeing your
1: locks getting cut.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was like, hey, buddy, it's your turn. And then he looks at me and he goes, no. And then he grabs his little iPad and he, like, walks towards the the entrance, like, to leave. And I'm like, bro, what the heck? <laughs> I'm like, who do you think you are, bro, walking away? Right. And I was like, no, papi, like, come on, we could do this. You're going to have a really great time. And then Mercy, same thing, just like giving them good aspirations. Hey, bro, you could do this. You could do this. And then luck was on our side because it's always peer-to-peer, bro. Like when you see like a peer doing something, it makes you want to do it. Or a sibling do something it makes you want to do it. So there were some of the little kids there? He saw kids there, bro. And, And my girl was like, look, there's a little kid here. There's a little kid there. And he's like, okay. And, like, my boy Justin's amazing, bro. Like, yeah, that thankfully, thankfully he's a parent, so he knows how to, like, you know, be entertaining and shit like that. Darth Vader so like with, the, the, with
1: the F, right? Darth, Darth
0: Vader. Darth Vader, baby. And, uh, yeah, he put the, the little seat, the little booster seat on him. Uh, and it was cool because, like, my son's obsessed with Roblox right now. So Roblox, like, helped him stay calm. Like. And, dude, like, my boy was cutting him up. And then, like, when he cut his, his hair a strand of hair landed on his iPad. Okay. And he was just like, he looked at me like, dad. And then like Justin, being very conscious and in tune, grabbed like the little brush. Yeah. Like the little brush, like you dust off off of like the, the the hair. Fucking curtain or whatever that you wear. He gave it to my son and my son was like, Dusting the little hair off his iPad, and he was like, all oh, right, cool.
1: Yeah, because it wasn't even man. the hair issue. It was just like, it was covering his, his, yeah, his view so of the that, iPad. That,
0: that elevated it even more. Like, it made it even better, bro. Oh, hell yeah, man. As soon as it was done, Zeke looked at the mirror and he was like, oh, hmm. like he was feeling it. Yeah, it looks I'm good, like, man. I love so I'm it. I'm like, that's that new haircut feeling, kid. Like, get used to it. So it was dope, man.
1: Oh, freaking awesome. Yeah, I was going to check out his lesson uh, this coming Saturday. Yeah, man. Because a birthday celebration, I can't wait.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, it's a big four, baby. Yeah, man. So it's four fourth, by four, four, man. It's fourth birthday, man. So four for Jude. So yeah, man. It's cool, man. So I hope he's gonna remember all these big fucking birthdays his dad throws to know, bro. Like if you want the good things in life, you gotta make sure you work hard for them.
1: Yeah, man. Absolutely. You man. know the
0: same thing Chris was able to do for me, like give me like the Jordans or, or help me. What can I say? Be in tune with the good side of things, or like right. The, not the la- I don't want to say lavish life, but the, the good shit in life, you know, made me want to work. Well, seeing the distinction,
1: harder. man, seeing like the the things that you want and actually the possibility, oh, I could have these things, yeah. Not just becoming a thing like, oh, I can't get these things. All I have is the want,
0: bro. We never grew up going to a party with a jumper.
1: No, no, yeah, ever. So it's like if you grew up what like and you start experiencing these things, and you're like, oh, all these things that I want, I could have them. It's possible.
0: Absolutely.
1: And obviously from there it's like how how one raises a child and et cetera. Almost sound like an old narrative book, how someone raises a child. Yeah. But uh, meaning like that's how I could
0: imagine what it is. It's like, oh, I, I could possibly have this? Oh, I can. It is not just a want. Yeah, man. And it's cool, man. It's dope. See my boy. He looks a lot older now. That boy's coming into his own now, man. He's oh, yeah, almost man half especially a with the haircut, old. man. Yeah. Yeah, bro. The uh
1: uh, dude, I was watching. Uh, it was only like five episodes. This show, and it was really enjoyable, man. It's called. Uh, it's called Nada. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, so it's, a, it's, a, it's a Spanish show, but it's from Argentina. So I mean, the mm-hmm. Spanish language, but it's a it's a Argentina show, and it reminds me when we we're talking about the want and all that because there's this one scene where he describes the way I don't know which uh, I think maybe it's Chinese. Uh, the way they describe food, because this guy's like a, he's like a, he's like a, a food critic slash something that's character he plays, and he said there's three different like uh, descriptions. There's when, zhao and wool. and the when is you've been up all day, you're traveling, you came in somewhere from another country, you haven't eaten, so. You just have the first thing out there because it need it's you're starving. So you have like some hot dog and that's like that just satisfies the craving. That's the when. Because that's just like necessity. Right? And then later on throughout the day, you know, you already ate, but now you're like, oh, now you have a choice because your mind is settled, your body's settling, like, oh let me I'm gonna go have a pizza. That's the Zhao. Like that's just you choosing, like, okay, now I'm just choosing, aside from it being a necessity and, flu- and, and, and fuel, I'm choosing this. And the, and then later on, when you're already okay, then you end up going to like a restaurant and you get to smell the aromas and you get to taste all the different particulars, details and ingredients in the food and you feel it and then it goes down your body and it strikes a chord with you because that's the heart and that's just the woe. And I was like, man, that was like beautiful the way you described all that, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. So it's just like, just like how they perceive, like your levels of hunger and like what's going on throughout the day. I mean, that's kind of
1: yeah. That's where, uh, where you're at. That's how I took it. You know, yeah. like uh, because it's like different levels of it. Where like you can't have those other two levels unless that's you've cool. already satisfied
0: it. Yeah. Because if you're super hungry, that's from the Chinese culture, and they showed it in the Argentine show. He talked about it. And oh, that's it was just cool. like a, so a, a docu series, or is it just no, no, no? A, like a he was talking to another show. character.
1: It's it's a it's a narrative show. It was fictional. Oh, that's cool. But the way he described it, I was like, oh, Queen, it was just a short little blip, but it just stood out so much, you know? Yeah,
0: yeah. And
1: it was like, uh, yeah, because you can't have the other two unless if you're starving, right? If you're starving, all you want to is like, I
0: need to, I need to eat something. Nah, I've had. You're not that. gonna
1: sit there and be like,
0: mm, another nah, little piece like, yeah. The second when my daughter was born, bro, I went, like, 13 hours without eating, and then I remember I was just like, give me anything vegetarian from this menu, and I just ate it in, like, a second.
1: Yeah, because, like, your body's just craving it, man. That's, like, it just needs to fill it. So then, so I strongly recommend the show. I mean, I don't know if too many people like it, but I dug it, but that part alone was, like, nice.
0: That's cool, man. It's very
1: articulate. And then speaking of, like, Chinese culture, I, I'm hoping it was, like, Chinese. I'm guessing, right? Wen, Zhao, yeah? like, uh, and Yang, Like, Wen, Zhao, and you know, I was watching last night, man. What's, who's one of the greatest Chinese of all time? Bruce Lee. Bruce Lee. I was watching yeah. Enter the Dragon.
0: Okay.
1: I haven't seen that that's in so long.
0: Chuck no. do jabbar
1: No, that's a game of death. Okay. That's the one that he died. And that one he died, so he didn't get to film the yeah. whole thing. They used body doubles and other uh, people. Um, no, Enter the Dragon is the greatest one about the, the tournament. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's like, um, and man, like. I had to like when I was watching, I was just enjoying it, but I also had to like let the critic part of me not be there because there's so many like cheesy things yeah, to it yeah, or yeah. whatever. But I was like, dude, this movie's it's a made- fucking
0: sixties, seventies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And
1: it's like, and it's it's like it was pushing the boundaries, though, man. The martial arts of everything, man. It's like it's great. And man. the voice wouldn't match the right. The well, words. that one's a little better, but in terms of like, <laughs> there's the no character, part. there's no character development, yeah, you know. Yeah. And like, there's uh, a, <clears throat> you know, that guy, uh. Jim Kelly, wasn't he, was he an athlete? The black dude with an afro, Jim Kelly? It
0: sounds so familiar. was the quarterback of the Bills. Yeah,
1: this guy, Jim Kelly wishes, he was that guy. But this guy, he uh he's one of the guys in the tournament. I don't know if you remember it all that well. Nah. But no. they, use, they use all the kind of stereotypes, too. Like, he's all walking down the street before he goes to the tournament. And these two white cops start harassing him, right? Oh, yeah, it so is he Jim beats, Kelly. So he beats them up. And then one of the dogs starts eating one of the cops or whatever. So they do some real intense stuff, man. Jesus. Yeah. And like, well, it starts biting them and all that. But, man, it was great, dude. Uh, I just have to finish it. I went to bed a little earlier, so I didn't, I didn't finish the whole thing. I haven't seen it in a long time. But there's little things like it, So I had to make sure like, hey, get in that mindset of like, hey, you enjoy this, enjoy this as a kid. Watch it from that perspective watch it like with all the flaws and everything so it doesn't yeah. ruin it for you absolutely and that happens a lot with older films i was watching the other day in a lonely place which is a, uh, like a classic film art film from 1950s of the humphrey bogart and the way that was written like they don't really explain stuff you know it's kind of like oh and they found the killer you know or stuff like that yeah it's just like a bunch of words at
0: the end that fucking
1: yeah but in this case it's like it's just kind of like they're trying to lead you a case like, "Oh, this guy's a killer and you know, he's not going to be the killer. But it's all the tricks they used early on. I mean, that movie's like what's seventy three years old, Sexy, you know, yeah. seventy three years old. So it's like about watching and studying the masters and just studying, and but seeing it from that prism, you know. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the problems that we have nowadays is that we're just quick to judge because we're talking from things from from all everything we've experienced now. Yep. But it's like. Dude, like you'd have to look back. They didn't leap, it wasn't yeah. we didn't leapfrog to this. It took, you know, decades to get to this point. Experience and is- you want to go back and view that and see it from that prism. Like yeah. what was around at that time, judge it for its time. And where
0: are you at mentally right now? Yeah, cuz when I revisit these fucking Disney movies with my beautiful children, I'm just like, "Bro, I grew up loving Beauty and the Beast, but this shit is so fucking boring. I can't watch it." And you're right, bro, because it depends on where we're at mentally. Uh, the, the trials we've went through in life because everyone processes it, process it, processes shit differently. So for example, I was thinking to myself, I remember having this conversation with you a couple undeniable perception episodes ago about that show with um, the girl cop and her homegirl's son kills somebody and then she tells her and then she rats on her and she arrests her. What, what was the name of that show on HBO? It doesn't ring a bell. I think, is it that it, one? Kate Winslet? Yes.
1: Is it Mayor of Easttown?
0: Yeah, yeah, that yeah, one, think, right? So it's like her friend's son kills somebody. And uh, she look. says that, I did it. But then she finds out that the son actually did it. And then she oh. ends up arresting the son. But then she was like, but I told you I did it. It was that one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah, right, yeah. Kate Winslet, yeah, yeah. So what you're talking about kind of reminds me of that because... It, dep- it depends on your morals, right? Your hierarchy of life. Like a lot of us have different morals. That's why perception is reality. So depending on where you're at mentally or what you went through throughout your life, you're going to digest information differently. So for example, right? Um, there, there was a, a death in the family with someone close to me, right? So the person close to me was just like crying excessively like I can't believe this happened like what the fuck but the person that she was speaking to was just like laughing was whatever about it but the reason behind it is because the relationship they had with this specific person was different they had more turmoil with this person they had more arguments with this person so it wasn't I don't know. It wasn't digested the way my chick wanted to see it, but that just goes to show you like with where I'm getting at is like the hierarchy, right? So someone might value respect more than loyalty or someone might value like gratitude more than respect. So, for example, someone might be like, hey, man, you didn't acknowledge me when you walked into the house. But you said hi to everybody. But then the other person might be like, but I came to visit you. I'm here in person. You know what I'm saying? So that's where our hierarchy is clashing. Right. So I think that that that's probably why a lot of us argue, or we might have a, like a lot of misunderstanding. So a reminder that I want to tell myself is that. You know, a lot of us view things different from a different lens. A lot of us might have gone through something that the next person might not go through. Someone might be in a different type of frequency. Who knows? So, like, that's something that I want to say out loud to you because it's helping me not respond to outside entities. I don't know why I went in that drift, but it it, kind of felt like it would coincide with what you were talking about. Yeah, because it's on your mind,
1: man. And, then you know, all all conversations tie in together in one way or another. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it's one of those things where you don't know how someone processes something, and then what you're going through, now you're kind of, Putting your injection into it.
0: Yeah. Because, like, and, I'm excited to be like, yo, I'm having a kid. Right. Like, I remember the first response I got, was like, you're having a kid? Yeah. Because, like, it's like, I see you as a kid. Right. So it's not your fault. Right. Because I'm your baby. Yeah, You exactly. feel me? Yeah. So it's in that same context. So always remembering, bro, like you said, don't be, what is it, we're very selfish as people? Or what, what did you say, like, the last episode? That's why we... We get offended. Like, we feel like they're attacking us when they're not attacking us. Right. It's just who the fuck they are.
1: are they well, yeah, it's the thing be- about, like, uh, oh, it's from the uh, don't um, don't make assumptions. Yeah. You know, like, like, don't make the judgments and assumptions on other people. Yeah. Because you're assuming, because they are doing that, that you're applying your own reason behind them when that's not the case. And it's really tough, right? It's very but tough. But it's about kind of just having that separation and keeping that distance. So you don't go into that, right? And then, and that just makes you a healthier person. How do you
0: manage through that when you feel like someone's like getting off the rails, but you notice it and then you don't feed to that? Like, how do, how do you process through that? You know, I think I
1: it varies, man. You know, like I depends take, where you are at. Huh? Sometimes I'm better in you know, some certain days and other days. You know, yeah. so like, but you know, it seems like I'm, I'm always. Not always, but I feel like I always, like I, I tend to know myself in the room, right? So if I'm in a room where there's just a lot of energy and, and someone's like being more vocal, more all that, I kind of take a step back yeah. and don't become that person. And I just yeah. observe and that always helps me more like not be so reactionary where I'm able to respond and not react, right, and be more calm with it. and I mean, it lets me be more within my own skin and just kind of observe and be yeah. less judgmental. I think when I'm um, when I'm talking more, blah, blah, blah I'm, I tend to be a little more, like, quicker with things, and I could probably be more reactionary than, than responsive, you know. So I think it depends which room I'm in, where I'm at in that room, who yeah. am I in that room, and, and that's how it is, you know, like, who... What is that old that old adage, man? Know, know yourself in the room, or what is it? Uh, it skips me right now, but you know you get the drift. Know right? your audience, or some shit yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, and know who you are in the room, right? Yeah, yeah. Because, so I think with that, man, but no, like, there's days when I'm not like that, you know? Where I'm like, oh, man, like it bothers me how someone reacts or responds or some way, and then I get caught up with it too. You know, yeah. but it all goes back to the, the whole thing about being the... Uh, being the awareness of your thought, right? And that takes Observe a lot of work. It. Yeah. Yeah, being the awareness, being the observer that you are not your mind. You know, you're mm-hmm. the awareness of your mind.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, that mm-hmm. way yeah.
1: you're the awareness of your thoughts. So you know like okay, so you're conscious of your thoughts as opposed to like thinking you are the thought. Yeah. And if yeah. you're conscious of your thoughts, then you could you get that separation and then you're able to respond or act on it you know, with that space in between or as opposed to just reacting.
0: True, yeah. Because I recently, I recently, yeah, I like how you put that. I recently read um, this Frederick Nietzsche quote. I, he's my favorite, bro. I fucking love Frederick. So when you asked me that question and I said Tupac with Dia del Muerto, like, after I left the podcast, I was like, fuck, I should have said John Lennon. Like, I fucking love John Lennon more. I should have said John Lennon or Friedrich Nietzsche.
1: And their song had just dropped too, man.
0: Yeah, I know exactly. See, so I would have left his glasses there. And uh, but, anyways, I saw this this quote that Friedrich Nietzsche said, where he he wrote like, "It's hard enough to remember my opinions, but also the reasons behind them." And I'm like, that made me think about that, about what I what I told you. Like, we all go through different things, so you don't know the reasons behind my. My opinions. Correct. So, like, for example, like, when I was talking about, like, transgenderism, like, don't bring it to schools because I have children. I don't want them to be affected by it, right? But, like, someone on the outside might be like, are you homophobic? When in actuality, it's it's different. You know what I'm saying? But I have my reasons behind being vocal about this. Right. Because I have kids at home. So that, that I feel like that's a lost art, that, that we need to remind ourselves, like, hey, there's reasons behind people's opinions. Right, and sometimes other people don't understand why they have those reasons, right?
1: Yeah. Sometimes could. Sometimes we react to certain things without even thinking, and then, like, why do I feel that way? Or, you know, so sometimes that could be the critical part of other people when they may not even know why they're responding that way because sometimes it's just that mob mentality, right? Yeah. So it's like we forget that we're all individuals, right? Even though sometimes it may not seem like we think like individuals, Right, but we are individuals, and we all have our own reasons, and we all have this experience. We're experiencing life together. You know, it's about remembering that and respecting that. Yeah, because a lot of times we end up getting upset and angry and territorial over things that, for what? Yeah, you know, like you realize, like, why am I angry about to that? Feed the
0: fucking. Or little why do ego. I need yeah. that
1: person to feel that way? And then, like, and then, what struck me right now too was like a little earlier when you were talking about, you know, the loss of a family member, right? And where an individual may feel like, oh, why is this person acting this way? Someone yeah. just passed away, and I'm feeling this way, right? And it's obviously real easy to say from a distance, but I think that's the reason why, like, when you're not involved, you can kind of have some space in between that and have a different perspective, right? Because that could be just misplaced, right? Like, misplaced feelings, like... because. That An individual can feel like that person should be sad Or react or act in a certain way that's sad But for what? Just so it could satisfy your perception yeah, of it Yeah, that's a good way to put How it How does that change what you feel? It yeah. doesn't It doesn't affect the relationship you have with that person Very true Or your experience with it It's different if someone's being disrespectful And talking shit or something like that, right? That's yeah. different And even then, what does that matter, right? Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't affect how you feel about the person and the way you're living the world so it's it's one of those things where we need to not make all these assumptions and judgments how we think someone should react and then your life will be better too you know because
0: it's like It'll be so it's your
1: experience with it man yeah man but it's stuff that Facts. we have to nurture and it's so easy to talk about it right here but it's so different when you're
0: oh when you're in the moment
1: when you're in the moment
0: yeah man. and when That's you're all that we need to man. Remind ourselves. people have different experiences Renato don't feed that.
1: You know what I'm saying? So this is
0: your opportunity to be a big person, because if you're a big person, you're going to help that other person do it. It's like a transfer of energy. And
1: when when we were talking earlier, before we started recording, we were talking about doubts and I gave, and I posed you the question of how do you handle and how do you react or how do you respond? I should say, when you have doubts in your life, if you have some kind of like doubt like, oh, I can't do this or I can't achieve this or I'm going to fail at this or whatever the case I may mean, be, but when it's the whole basic, the, the, but the foundation of it, it's it's like a doubt. How do you respond to that?
0: If I have a doubt,
1: I'm trying to think. When You start doubting yourself for whatever reason.
0: I would say I'll just give myself some time. i just give myself like a minute. To just cool down, and then after that, I would just try to reinforce like the opposite of it. Like I, I'm really big on picking myself up. Like like I like I've mentioned multitude of times where I've gone to the point where like the little voice in my head makes me more confident versus more doubtful. So, like, I flipped the script in that sense. But I need to, like, find a way where I could find a common medium to, like, not be overtly confident. Um, So what I would do, bro, in that situation, fuck, that's tough, man. I'm trying to think what I would do. I would just probably talk myself out of it. I would try to walk myself out of it. That's what you do? Yeah, I would ask myself questions because... I think asking yourself questions or asking yourself difficult questions will probably lead you to the answer. And I've read, like, a lot of philosophy. I'm, like, obsessed with philosophy, where Marcus Aurelius brilliantly noted. Like, just ask yourself the question of why you're afraid to do something, and I guarantee you that you're going to laugh at your response or some shit like that. Mm, It's like, damn, I'm scared because of that. So just... Condition yourself to have a conversation with yourself, Mm. man. So that's what I would say. Because once you find the real reason behind it, you're going to be like, that's it? I'm just, like we were talking about earlier, like your brain is just going to make up excuses in order to make you feel better about yourself. Right. So you're pretty much reinforcing what you're scared to do in a sense.
1: For me, I think I need to apply it a little differently for me, because, you know, I've, you know, I have OCD and I've suffered yeah. from that, is that if I have doubts or I have insecurities about something and they come in their form of like intrusive thoughts, it's about, for me, it's about just not giving it importance, you know, not giving yeah. it any weight and having that it, it's okay, just letting it surface and letting it pass. You know, having an approach of inaction, not acting on it. Mm-hmm. And by not acting on it, I mean like, not mulling it over, not ruminating it, or trying to be like, no, no, I'm good, I'm good. Like, not responding with an emotional response, you know? Instead, if I if I have a doubt or a worry, like, all right, you know, just, mm-hmm. okay, it's there. And
0: mm-hmm. then just
1: continue to do what I'm doing. Yeah. Not going to any type of, like, ritual or safety behaviors, compulsions, you know? But instead, just be like, no, just go on about my day, keep doing yeah. what I'm doing. And not even necessarily no, but it's just... You know, things work different with different people, but I know for me, what I know helps me and works for me is just like, well, just continue with my day. Hell yeah. Continue to do what I'm doing, not give it importance because it's just a thought. Yeah, so you tell yourself, just go about your day. Just Yeah, and then yeah. just do it, right? Because yeah. at the end of the day, man, it's just, it's just a thought. Yeah. Thoughts are thoughts. Uh, it's a scary thought, Would whatever you be it is. like,
0: nah, fuck that shit. I run this shit. Like, could, that's what I would tell myself
1: one can do that too whatever yeah. works for that person you know yeah. you know what I'm saying But so it's that's just why about, I flip
0: it me. yeah and that's it's, cool man and the that's
1: thing cool. is about just like no man just going about my day let it be and, and go on about it you know
0: yeah that's cool man it's a good way to process things because so when the, the Yuri fight happened with Pereira, to me the fight felt very unfulfilled to be honest with you I felt it was a premature stoppage but given that Yiri, right, he's very bushido, very into, like, the samurai culture. So being bushido is, like, you're very respectable, shit like that. You don't give in to anything, right? And then I remember he said, oh, it was a good stoppage, right? Wow, even Joe Rogan said, hey, I felt that it was an early stoppage. Like, he legit said that. All of us watching this fight said it's an early stoppage. And he immediately said it was a good stoppage. How did you feel about that? And what was your take on that? So when it happened live,
1: it looked like it was an early stoppage, but I, I still wasn't a unsure. But when I saw the replays and the physical, you know, the physicality of each fighter, to me it was the right stoppage. Okay. And like and then yeah, Joe Rogan and DC and them thought it was early stoppage, but when they started seeing the replay, then they changed their mind to like, no, that was a good stoppage. Okay. Because it did look like he won a little limp and even Joe Rogan acknowledged that. Because no one really falls backwards and tries to pull the person on top of them either. You know? And that's what I, I, I was that's doing. that's
0: what he did. He pulled guard because he's so no, Because
1: But you're not going to pull guard with the person sitting on your chest. You yeah. know? I think it saved him from getting more hits. Okay. Because he did look like he went, like, slightly limp for a second. He was in a bad position. So I do think it was uh, the right stoppage, man.
0: Okay. So, like, for me, I felt that, that he... Cause he had a video right after and then he kind of like contradicted himself or okay. it kind of looked early, like he kind of said that, but like in the middle of the moment, right? Like I was talking to earlier about like a transfer of energy or a transfer. So like energy that that's not fulfilled could turn into anxiety. Yes. Let's say that. Right. So I feel like there's a lot of energy out there of like, Hey man, there is a possibility that you got fucked or you got cheated out of this. There is an early stoppage. So instead of him giving that any legs or attention or energy, he nipped it in the butt and said it was a great stoppage. That was a perfect stoppage. And it's also so I'm not right gonna the- have that anxiety. I'm not yeah. gonna give that any energy. Now I'm just gonna focus on you fucking loss. I'm gonna do this shit. And you, you're talking about the way he was right after the fight because that's how I felt. Because I was like, okay. Because at first I was aggravated. I'm like, bro, fuck that. You say that, but then I thought to myself, I'm like, he's very Bushido into the samurai culture. So there's a reason why he said that. He wants everyone to shut the fuck up and stop saying this was a bad stoppage. And what good is, is he
1: going to gain from Nothing, from clinging on to just that? Just intrusive the thoughts. The fight's still
0: over. Exactly. Just right? fucking little thoughts he doesn't need. You know,
1: and that's just someone that has the ability to be there mentally, immediately after the fight, instead of getting angry or anything like that. Like, who knows what's going on internally? But the way he behaved and acted, it was like, hey, it was the right stoppage. Yeah. And then move on. Yeah, because what, what good's going to come out of it?
0: Nothing. Just pants up just pants up aggression. Because just, let's
1: just say he were to be like, no, that was early stoppage. Then you're going to have people to be like, no, that guy's crazy. He was knocked out. You know, they're like, then he's going to have all these people go against him on that one too. Mm-hmm. Right? So nothing good would have came, came out of that. Nothing good would
0: have came out of that. So he handled it really great because I didn't expect that response. And I was like, damn. This oh, yeah, be I kind of did. I was like, "This motherfucker's legit, dude." Yeah, man, that
1: guy's also. He's been out of the octagon for a year, right?
0: He did so good. Like, he got him with those leg kicks. He's so great with those leg kicks because that's fucked them. That made him. Dude. That made him switch stance, right? But when he was switching stance, he looked good. Like he was. Yeah. Like, he started tagging him. him. I had him winning the first round. Pereira's was, like, okay. was so strong, man. That's He's wow. got God's strength, bro.
1: Dude, and he, when he clocked him with that punch, man, and it's like... He just dropped to his knees. I was like, God And it, then he damn. started elbowing him, man. Yeah. Heavy, heavy elbows. But, yeah, man, that was freaking Warriors, man. They. Um, but I was watching one of my boys. I and hope he and gets he,
0: a rematch, man. He deserves a rematch. I was rematch, watching one of
1: my bro. boys, and he immediately started now, disliking Pereira. It's like... Big two, he's a power in his hands, whatever. He was getting his ass beat. Like, he took that take on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's fine, but it's just, to me, it's like, it was just more impressive. I'm like, because that guy's able to, he's that strong, and he's that composed, and takes hits. Yeah. And you may not like his style, because his style may be a little
0: boring or something, but, man, he's explosive. And, and also, too, what sucks, too, is like, when you think about it, when you've been watching UFC so long, you think about the journey. Like, Pereira's not homegrown with UFC. Right? Correct. He's a fucking amazing fighter, bro. He's a yeah. he's a hall of famer. Let's say that, right? But, right, like I felt his journey wasn't as fulfilling as other people. So that's probably why people might might kind of dislike him. I he won me over after like fucking Izzy beat him. So he yeah. won me over after that. And then him beating Jan. So him beating Jan, I was kinda I wasn't impressed that much because it could have went to Jan the fight. It was literally. Fifty-one, forty-nine percent to me, and and for him to win in that fashion, and then the next fight was kind of like a stoppage. I kind of feel like it kind of took away from his accomplishment. Like it could have looked, it could have looked better. I felt right. So I could I could see why some people might initially react that way with them because you see, Izzy ran through that shit. Anderson ran through, shit, and then this guy comes in just. One fight, you get the belt, and then you have two fights, then you get the belt. You only have four fights, and you've had two belts. It's like, what the fuck? Yeah,
1: and I'm not even sure if my my boy disliked him. It was more like, he's just I just find him boring. You know, but it's, it's just wild to see those different reactions to it. Oh, you know? yeah,
0: absolutely. absolutely. But, man, it was,
1: it was quite the card, man.
0: Yeah, man, and I'm mad. Like, fucking Strickland's fighting fucking Duplessis. Man, give him Hamza, bro.
1: Oh, okay. Are they fighting for the? Uh... Yes. Okay. Is that the, the interim bell?
0: No, the bell.
1: Okay. Oh, that's right. Because
0: Strickland's the champ. Yeah, okay. I want an Hosman Strickland now, bro. But no, you know, what, I kind like of so. like. this. They're giving him Duplessis. I kind of like this. probably gonna beat him. No, don't let the whoever wins, you know, win it. There's gonna be another African champ. I'm bro. definitely going
1: Strickland, though. That's for sure.
0: Strickland's cool, man. I like Strickland, bro. He's fucking Donald Trump of MMA, dog. (laughs) Oh, man, I really can't wait
1: for uh, for the birthday party this weekend, man. It's going to be great. And on that note, babe,
0: you want to take us out? My son's birthday. Yes, sir. So everybody out there, don't forget to be your biggest fan and lead with love. Brother from the same mother. Everybody out there, stay up.